0: I think no one knows what to call me. I want to hear everyone else's interpretation of it. I have my meaning. I keep it to myself. It's very important that the, the album and the songs have stories to them. They have to.
1: And we're rolling. Demsky, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. How are you doing? Good, good. It was the show last week was killer. By the mm. way, thank you very much. And that was fun, and I I didn't even know there was like a a club like that within walking distance to my place.
0: Yeah, it's really, you know, that's the thing about Japan is uh, you never know where the venue is going to pop up. So uh, when you do find those those gems in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Because it, it's it's kind of not in the middle of nowhere, but... Well, it is, but I'm sure many people hang out in
1: that area. But yeah. um, for me, I'm never in that area. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good area, though. So I, I, I've I been there. There used to be a yoga studio there mm-hmm. in the area before COVID. Mm-hmm. And then they shut down and went online. But actually, the, the instructor at that studio was on the podcast, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, great. So, um, but yeah, so DJ... You're yeah. a DJ, and you make awesome music. And Thank I, I thought I was getting prepared for the show. I went went to your SoundCloud, yeah, and I'll put a link in the description. I went to your SoundCloud and listened to the the album that came up. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, I was listening to older stuff. All right, is that right? Yeah. The which album was that? That was um, the one that has. Um, now I need to to bring it over here. Just a second. I just worked on a bunch of litigation work all day today too. So my yeah, brain's no kind problem. of fried.
0: No problem. I mean, I'm assuming the, uh, with trickle down or, and strut. Yes. That was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess now it's about two years old, almost two years old. And, okay. uh, yeah. And, uh, I'll have a new album coming out probably later on this year, but not too sure. I'm just, uh, now kind of planning everything
1: okay okay yeah oops so later when this show gets popular and it starts making money i'll have like my own researcher <laughs> there but for now it's just me so uh tell me about the world tell I, me about the what world I was listening yeah. to. and i love trickle down and i lo- airport was good but i love strut oh thank you yeah, yeah those are great great tracks so how did you how did you get into being a dj
0: well it's not um it's funny because i i don't know i don't know if i can call myself a dj fully right because it's yeah it's my tracks i'm kind of mixing them you're right okay but um i am trying to manipulate the tracks live on stage at the same time so a lot of effects and a lot of uh yeah, a lot of different transitions, so... Okay. But how did I get into this? Into uh, music.
1: How did you get into performing? Oh, into, into performing? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, well, yeah, I've been playing since I was 16. So, uh, you know, my friends all played music, and uh, originally I'm a bass player. Okay. Yeah, I started as a bass player. Still am a bass player. And, uh, you know... It, One it's, behind you there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a Ibanez back there, yeah. There you go.
0: <laughs> and it's... Um, yeah, it's just a thing you do with your friends, you know? Yeah. It's just like no matter what your crew is, if your crew was into soccer mm-hmm. or into foot, you know, football. Yeah. That's what you do. So my friends were into music, got involved, and then when I got to university, it got actually pretty serious and mm. we all went to university in uh Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and that was our touring circuit for a good okay. couple years and did quite well and ended up playing across Canada, and New York, Boston, Northeast of the States. Mm. And uh, it was incredible, incredible. And by about 12 years ago, uh, I kind of got into like all this music software and then I was like, uh, got into this music software and I decided to create my own like solo okay. album and then got in just Started creating beats. So what, there was no intention of creating this sound or that mm-hmm. sound. It was just like, I'm going to create uh, whatever comes to my head. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and write it down. And it turned out to be kind of this electronic kind of pop. Songwriter pop kind of okay. stuff. And eventually, and mainly because I was, had the lack of uh, equipment, mm. I um, went into instrumental, ambient, okay. trip-hop. So it naturally
1: just... Form that way. Awesome. Hang on just a second. I need to shut the fan off.
0: Yeah, go for it. So it doesn't sound (laughs) like we're on an airplane. And we're
1: back. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I I meant to shut the fan off before we started. So it doesn't sound like we're on an airplane. (laughs) I I made a mistake one time. I was interviewing a guest and we were talking about cybersecurity. And the conversation was so like fascinating. Mm -hmm. I could hear something in the background. Mm -hmm. And it was, I I can't remember because I listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. And I'll listen to like a three hour podcast. Yeah. And maybe I had it in my pocket and it started playing. Yeah. Cause I could hear him and me and we're in a really quiet place. Yeah. But I could hear somebody else in the background and I thought, well, this, this doesn't have a radio receiver. Like why am I hearing the radio? And then when the podcast got over, Spotify starts playing music automatically. And now, now I'm hearing music. I'm like, and I should have just stopped and said, Mm -hmm. Hey, what's that sound? You know? stop hey what's that sound sorry <laughs> sorry for yeah. the, the sidetrack there no, so problem, no problem you you went around toronto went around canada ended up getting into making your own beats of yeah your own yeah
0: so yeah and just uh, a friend helped me out and then uh that was probably two years before i came to japan and then moved over here with the intention of just like developing uh my music and see what i can do from scratch and. I ended up playing bass for uh, this drummer called Tomi Wealth, where Japanese drummer, kind of like DJ Shadow, DJ Crush, kind of that hmm. kind of sound, and did really well. Got uh, invited to play in Europe a couple times wow. and played it all over Japan and did that for five years and played. did I was kind of like this bass session player and played for all these different artists. And, okay got very fortunate and played Asagiri Jam and some pretty big festivals and nice, beautiful venues. And then at a certain point, and this happened about almost four years ago, you know, I've I've been writing and creating all this ambient music Mm. and I'm like, you know what, can I actually play this live? I was kind of curious and Mm. I'm like, let's see what I can do. And then I just got like some simple equipment, set it up and, uh, Four years later, yeah, I've played in Europe because mm. uh, I kept all those contacts, yeah. really good people, uh, played all over Japan, uh, going back to Malaysia again this year and okay. playing Taiwan for the first time
1: nice. uh, this month. I've seen your, is it, is it Facebook or Instagram? I think I follow you on both and I've seen your tour schedule. Mm-hmm. So I'll make sure and share that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. both. I, I try to try to update both. Nice, nice.
1: Yeah. And, and I got, I think I took over 20 pictures of the show last week. Yeah, yeah, and thank shared you. shared with you, yeah, yeah. I couldn't share the videos in the album, though. There's, you know, we use Line in Japan. Yeah, yeah. And you can create an album, and instead of sending them by message, you put them in an album, right? So I did that got with it. the pictures. Yes. But I couldn't share the videos. I still have those. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. But I didn't... Um, I use my phone a lot for filming, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube and stuff. And uh, we, we should talk later about maybe using some music for, for YouTube. Sure. To collaborate sure, sure. on that. But um, before I forget, uh, I I don't take full videos of full songs. Mm-hmm. Because there's a temptation to post the song, right? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and being a... I'm an American-trained lawyer, and I'm so conscious of copyrights that, you know, my first channel, yeah. I made all my own music yeah and then come to find out there's like free you know copyright free Mm -hmm. or youtube has their own library yeah you can just use that song and then you don't get a copyright strike so but i'm really conscious of copyrights and i i don't want to
0: you know yeah i I should be more conscious about it actually but (laughs) no i have this one uh this one new track that's going to come out and it's I'm quite proud of it like uh, I know I know something is well written Mm. when I can just like it just comes out naturally I don't know like the flow the structure makes a lot of sense yep and my uh, that the truck uh, the track uh, struts is one of those tracks so
2: Mm.
0: originally it wasn't even supposed to be on and out on that album but it was it naturally just came out I'm like Uh I really like this groove and This new one. uh,
1: Sorry, back to Strut. It had kind of like this feel. It was different. Yeah. It's really different. It it, Almost like it comes from another place almost. (laughs) I I was going to ask you about the creative process because I write music too. But yeah, yeah, Strut has a really good feel to it. And um, I was listening to it while I was working today. Oh, right. Before you came over. And um, uh, like like you said, those things that kind of come to you, right? Yeah. What what's your creative process? It's
0: really um, so it's there is none really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, I, and you, I get it. You you know what? It's like uh, recently because I'm using the I'm using Ableton, and okay. Ableton is so you know it's such a heavy program. Like there's so many plugins. There's so many. Okay sounds you can manipulate there's so many techniques and it's too much Uh. and it's overwhelming so you really have to approach a program like that um sparingly like take Mm. the the ones and pick you know pick your go-to's and manipulate and really craft those to make it your own so the thing is recently when i create tracks it's really me watching a tutorial about like a plugin or a way ah. to manipulate a thing. And then I'm just playing around and toying with it and, and recording it in different ways. Okay. And then it ends up being something beautiful mm. from that. So it actually comes from just me learning about Ableton ah. and then I build it and, um, I think one of the first things after like a sound or a melody is usually the drums mm. because my I want my uh, tracks to be very drum heavy and mm. kind of has more of that hip-hop beat, hip-hop yeah. oriented beat to it. And um, that really drives it. And then I'll probably follow that up with a bass. Okay. You know, um, just because I have that melody, I got the drums. Now I need that bridge mm. that brings it all together. So um, it's really just that. And, um, you know there's no again it's whatever you're feeling at that time yeah. or whatever comes out,
1: yeah, yeah, it's um my my creative process uh um a lot of times it starts with uh with an idea or I'll just be sitting around fooling around on the guitar mm-hmm. and I use this uh Gibson behind us here, mm-hmm. and uh that was a gift uh from a a relative. Mm-hmm. And he got that years ago and never used it. He was going to learn how to play guitar, mm. and he had it appraised. and He told me how much he could have sold it for. I was mm. like, "You could have bought a car." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, but you play guitar. I want you to have it." Mm. I was, I was just blown away. Yeah. And the sound. I mean, I was I was one of those guys because I didn't grow up with a lot of money, and I thought, well, you know, a car's a car, right? I mean, a Corolla, Maybach. What's the only difference is how much you spend, right? And yeah, like, not true. <laughs>
0: well it's 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 nice when you meet people that don't where they look at the value of something different right like there's Mm. they put sentimental value over Mm. you know an actual like dollar sign you know and uh you know i have i you know i have some friends that are quite well off they Mm -hmm. have been their whole lives and they're very modest or very humble they don't show off anything and uh you know, it's those are the people you gotta cherish. Yeah. The ones that um it they, they see more value in you than, <laughs> yes. than, than like yes. man, I can buy a, a boat with this <laughs> yep.
1: yep, or something. So yeah. I, I always appreciate that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I've as, as we we're walking through the neighborhood we were talking about the different houses here. Yeah. And I, I moved in, intentionally moved into a good neighborhood and every once in a while you'll see those the the blue license plate that has mm-hmm. the character for uh, foreign dignitary yeah and uh there's some some really wealthy people around here but like most neighborhoods in Tokyo you have like from the the shoebox to the 10-room mansion Mm -hmm. in on the same street and uh, you can't always tell which is which from the outside right but I I met some really wealthy people and like I said not growing up rich or not growing up wealthy um and I even worked through like junior high and high school Mm -hmm. and uh Now I really value that experience. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad I did, because I know how to work. But when I first met wealthy people, and I I was starstruck, I met um, uh, a bunch of musicians as they're coming through, um, and uh, I embarrassed myself. I I walked up to to a very, very famous person. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say, but maybe I will someday, but I walked up to a really famous person, and I said, oh, by the way, what's your name? And everybody yeah. looked at me like, "Oh, you're such a jerk," <laughs> you know. So I was starstruck, and then it was the same thing with wealthy people. I was like, "Wow, what a big house! Wow, what a nice car!" Mm-hmm. And the, and it changed for me one time when there was a guy, and I think he was a CEO or something, and he was showing me his stereo. And I realized like, the the sound was more important to him, mm-hmm. and the the music, the sentimental value of his the music he grew up with. He said, "Oh, you know the, you know." When, when I was a kid we listened to this on a tape player, but now I can listen to it with this, I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars he spent on the stereo. Mm-hmm. And it changed for me, the thought came to me and I looked and I said, wow, you put a lot of thought into this system, huh? And he looked at me and he said, yeah I did. <laughs> and, and, and to him that was a much bigger compliment because he had millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It was a much bigger compliment than saying, this looks really expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was to say you know you put a lot of thought into this because he had yeah, and so um I I guess uh, I didn't know early on how to talk to famous or wealthy people <laughs> I, I was starstruck and yeah. uh, you know oh you're you're in a different you know stratosphere than me so mm-hmm. now as as we get older it's it's just easier to treat people as people yeah because I think so they have the same worries
0: I think they right? would uh value that too
1: as well yeah <laughs> yeah and I. I listened to I was just listening to to Jorge Masvidal, yeah, the UFC fighter. And and he said he can tell the difference between a fan, a, a real fan and a casual fan mm-hmm. by the way they approach. They're like, "Oh, you know that when you fought uh, Nate Diaz, you know, the first and second round were really good." Mm. But if they say like, "Oh, yeah, you're you're the fighter, right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I it, it's just you know, and, and I listen to Joe Rogan. He talks about mm. people coming up to him and say, can we get a picture? And he just took a bite of steak, you know, like, yeah, yeah, maybe after dinner, you know. And so I think, um, and, and being foreigners here in Japan, mm. I don't like to be treated like an oddity, <laughs> you know?
0: Uh, yeah. It's going to happen, unfortunately, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the nature of the game, right? right? You're yeah. going to get the uh, exact same questions every single time when you meet someone like, Where are you from? How long have you been here?
1: Do you eat natto? Do you eat natto?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, that's the longer we're here, you know, we're here. So that's embedded into uh, our DNA now.
1: (laughs) It is. It is. So I think, um, and that's not celebrity. It's just being a foreigner in a homogeneous country. But being treated like that, you know, getting the same questions Mm -hmm. every time. Where are you from? What do you do? Why'd you come to Japan? Can you eat natto? Can you use chopsticks? Mm. You know, can you read, can you read Japanese, blah, blah, blah. It, it's, it kind of taught me the correct way to talk to a celebrity, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, how's it going? And, you know, Are you enjoying Tokyo? Yeah. Cause, and, and, and then I met after I learned how to talk to rich and famous people, I met a few where I was able to just act like a normal person Yeah. and found out, Oh, this guy has kids, you know, and Oh, he lives in LA and, and. He shops at the same Whole Foods, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I used to shop when I lived in L.A., you know. And um, and and to ask him, like, hey, how are you enjoying Tokyo? And do you guys get to do anything after the show? Because shows end early here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, come to find out they don't get to do a lot. Okay. I mean, when you're traveling, you don't get to do a lot when you're performing. So Definitely, definitely. But uh, so one guy told me, he's like, yeah, I really wanted to go to this place, but it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And... So the next, I I was supposed to go to the show like the next day. Mm -hmm. So I went to that place and got a souvenir Mm -hmm. for each of his kids and then went to see the show and presented him with this. He's like, that's the coolest gift anybody's ever given me. (laughs) And I say, "These you told me you have two kids and you wanted to go to this place, but you can't because of time. So, hey, take these back to your kids. And he's like, wow, thank you. You know, and so. What I guess what I'm trying to say is, is like just treat people like people, right? One hundred percent. Like maybe yeah. somebody I went to high school with, or my my cousin, my my uh, uncle, you know.
0: The the, the small little things they go a long way. They really do. Yeah,
1: they really do. So back to the creative process. Mm. Your and and what's the software again? Uh, Ableton. Ableton. Okay, yeah. I've yeah. never used Ableton. The farthest I've got is GarageBand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not that far. It's like you know, uh, I. St- I started with uh logic okay. with my computer and that was great and then when i decided to go to a live setting mm. uh ableton live mm. was the right choice and uh it's just i'm able to manipulate it i'm able to um you know uh create my own set list much easier uh, and that's a very big thing like uh, mm. i really want to change I, I kind of i played a lot in the jam band hippie circuit yep And I really love the idea of getting people to guess what the set is. So, Uh, you know, the first three years, essentially, I was just building uh, my repertoire, right? Like mm -hmm. all my songs, I got about 20 now I can play and I can really play around and have fun with the set list Mm -hmm. and let things sit and keep it just interesting for people that are interested in my music. Mm -hmm. So.
1: And interesting for you, too.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And it's like um, I was explaining this to a, a musician friend uh, about how I want a song like uh, Trickle Down or I Want Stripe. I want it mm. to experience. It's like a baby. I mm. want it to experience it in the fourth position in a set list or the last position mm. in a set list or the first because the character is going to change Ah. throughout the night and how and it's gonna have a different role and i'm gonna have to play it differently yeah in a certain way so i really it's gonna develop the song even more just by playing it in a different spot so like um strut is usually it's a pretty big heavy nice heavy song it's it's always could be like a grand it's like a baseball lineup it's like a grand slam hitter yeah but uh i wanted to experience what it's like, no, I want you to start the show. But if I start that at, at the beginning, that means I have to really elevate everything else Yeah, to a certain point. So I like the challenges of, of uh, that and building these set lists.
1: That's more a cerebral approach. <laughs> yeah. So when, when I was playing live, I played a bunch in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. We used to play in Yoyogi Park. Oh, nice. And they nice. used to shut off the street. Yeah. And the bands would line up, and you'd be next to a band that had a massive PA system. And we had a generator. Yeah. So I'd be there with my guitar, and we had a really good bass player and singer and drummer. And we'd be right next to a band that was blasting, you know, their own song. And uh, we were playing. And um, somebody told me, and I forget who did, but they knew what they were talking about. So as a live show, they said, start with your second best song. Mm-hmm. And then kind of alternate like the, if you play ballads, like play a ballad and then a hard driving song, a ballad and a hard mm-hmm. driving song, end with your best song, you know, mm-hmm. leaving wanting more. So, and and we went through the 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 struggles of you know what's our best song, and depending on the venue, yeah. what song's going to be received better, right? Yeah,
0: totally, totally.
1: Because that's and and the mood of the crowd, and we we even um. If you see these live shows, uh, like um, oh boy. Who sings Living in America? It's right in the tip of my tongue. James Brown. James Brown. If you see him and he'll tell the band like, Gimme three, and they go boom, boom, yeah. boom, gimme four, boom, 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 boom. What people don't realize is they practice that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They practice that like crazy. And so when he does something crazy like gimme twenty one and then they the whole band hits, you know, twenty one beats perfectly. He's not just making it up as he goes along. But I worked with a guy one time who thought that you could just direct the band like an orchestra. Mm-hmm. And so the drummer's ready to play Born to be Wild. Mm-hmm. And the singer gets in his idea. no, no, we're gonna play You Really Got Me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, okay, next song is You Really Got Me. And then the drummer starts playing Born to be Wild and he's like, what are you doing? Like, what the set list was set list was? Ah, uh, you know. yeah, got it. <clears throat> so I, I worked with a guy who thought he could just like change things up, at, you know, off the top of his head. Yeah, and and just like add an extra verse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you don't do that, you know. And um, but you know, we went through that, and but sometimes changing the set list up because you see the crowds really going for it. Yeah, and I play lead guitar, and I I you know idolize Van Halen and Steve Vai mm. and Satriani and these guys. And I tried to emulate them, and uh, a lot of fast licks and stuff. (laughs) And so, if that's really getting the crowd going, we'd put in another one next. Yeah. Okay. We got to keep, got to keep driving hard. You You have to listen. You have to listen
0: to your crowd. So, it's the uh, yeah. So when I create these sets, Hmm. I make them actually much larger than they they should be. But it's exactly that you have to listen to the crowd. And it's like I, you know, I gotta skip this one now. Uh, I should move on to this. Uh, I'm going to actually go back to this. uh, And uh, that's the beautiful thing about the program. And uh, uh, about like kind of, I guess, the way I'm kind of setting, making my setup is I want to be able to adapt on the fly. Yeah. And uh, Mm. I have a good friend in uh, Ehime. Okay. And uh, he's looking to switch over to Ableton because he's... Mm. Pretty much, I brought I brought him actually to Canada to play Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and okay, um, he played the same set every single time, right? Mm. And and it's very good. It's it, there is something to, to be said about that. Yeah. At the same time, it's like a nice, well rehearsed set mm. is great, but um, he's now I think gotten to the point where he wants he needs to make it fresh for himself, mm. and that freshness is gonna stand out to the audience as yes. well. So um, he's like, he's getting there, you know? <laughs> good,
1: good. I've heard that some of these big bands, they they get, you know, really famous, not a one-hit wonder, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of good albums. But every time they play, the Eagles have to play Hotel California. Yeah, you know? of course. And, and there are some people that don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. In fact, I saw um, one guy and I asked him to play his famous song and he said no. yeah (laughs) and and
0: and neil young neil young is like that oh really neil young is very much uh he wants to play what he wants to play Uh, and uh he's got he's got this the song list for it the repertoire uh, for it so yeah it's um some people do that and i you know i respect that move always Mm. you know they want to keep it they want to be true to what they feel that day
1: yeah well neil young is one of those songwriters too, who's written for everybody too. Yeah. he's written Elvis Costello songs mm-hmm. or, or Elvis Costello covered his songs, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, if you look through album credits, which you don't see on iTunes or Spotify, but <laughs> if, remember the days when you get an album and there was almost kind of like a ritual of opening up the album. And yeah, of course. Reading of course. the lyrics yeah. and the, you know, looking at the pictures, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. You know, and and memorizing the lyrics and all that. Um if you look at those albums, Neil Young is on a lot of albums. Yeah. A lot of albums.
0: But you know it's it's interesting, the um keeping a song fresh, like mm. I think to uh, Pearl Jam. And mm. the reason why is because uh Pearl Jam's they've been around forever. They've they've had to play the same songs over and over again. Yeah. Different show like Jeremy or Alive okay. and uh one there's a even flow which is one of their big biggest tracks. Okay. And recently that became a very very popular uh meme on TikTok. Oh. Yeah, so it's uh you know, a Tony Hawk skateboarding. Yeah. So it's uh it's Jesus, like Jesus skateboarding to Even Flow. Oh no and uh everyone's posting it's like a constant meme and my brother my brother just gets that algorithm all the time he only gets jesus skate, like hardcore skating to even flow and it's oh absolutely incredible <laughs> and because of it it's you know because uh it you know tiktok is such a young crowd yeah they got all these new fans that are just oh, wow. absolutely loving it you know and um wow. uh i always forget the, the band name um the uh, band that uh, sings the song "Dreams," okay, uh, what's it? It's like very, uh, you know, it's like thunder only happens when it's rain. Oh my gosh! When it, uh, why am I always, Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac, thank you. So, so there, the same thing happened to them. There was a meme where a guy's on a skate's <laughs> on a skateboard as well, uh-huh. but he's drinking. Ocean spray cranberry juice. Yes. And then uh he was just lip syncing to uh Dreams. (laughs) And the song blew up. Oh my gosh. Out of no yeah, it just had this second round of success and wow. Um so now it becomes I wonder what Pearl Jam's new tour is like. Oh yeah. When they play Even Flow if they're (laughs) like they have these young fans waiting for Yes. They're that dying song. to hear that song. Yeah. They're dying to hear and envision wow. Jesus ripping it on yeah. a skateboard. <laughs>
1: They're going to have to make it a multimedia show.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be incredible.
1: You know, that happened to, uh, speaking of Canadian rockers, uh, Tal Bachman, she's so high.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, he's a really cool dude. I've met him in real life. Mm-hmm. Really cool dude. Just down to earth. And I met uh, his dad, Randy. Mm-hmm. They were over here and, um, really, really both really cool. And, um, funny story uh somebody they, they were playing just just you know Bachman and Bachman mm-hmm. and they do facebook live and stuff and uh uh somebody said play the sukiyaki song you know <laughs> and uh, nobody knew the lyrics but i remember the english lyrics mm-hmm. and so i said no I, I know the lyrics and so i sang the english lyrics mm-hmm. and they played the the chords and uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. I mean, to, yeah. to play with a legend. Yeah. You know. I mean, Randy Bachman's a legend. Yeah. Right. And then and after we were done after we were done, Randy looked at me and said, I never heard that version before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that could be taken one of two ways. Yeah. <laughs> that was so bad I've never heard it sung like that before. Yeah. Or I'd never heard the English before. Yeah. <laughs> but he was such a down to earth dude, I I just thought, Oh, he means that he mm-hmm. enjoyed it, you know. And we had a lot of fun. But Tal Bachman's "She's So High" mm-hmm. got a second win because, um, if you remember, like Pop Idol, American Idol, mm-hmm. uh, the winner of um, it was a Norwegian, mm-hmm. sang "She's So High."
0: Oh wow! Okay,
1: and that uh, that song went—I don't know if it went hit number one, but it went up the charts, and so that song had like a resurgence. Um, I want to say 10 years after it was a hit, mm. you know, so, wow. But, um, so the, back to the creative process. So yeah. here, here's a funny thing. So I, like I said, I play acoustic guitar and I'm so glad to hear you played bass for years mm-hmm. because I, I've had this thing and it's, it's, I know it's a mental block for me is that, and and it's a weird thing. I should probably like discard this bad idea, but I didn't think of DJs as musicians. You know? <laughs> well And there's probably an argument to be made either way. Yeah. You know. Uh but um knowing you play bass mm-hmm. and, and you make ambient music. Yeah. So I, just, I, I I I didn't know what to call you, like DJ performer, you know. Yeah, I think no one knows what to call me. And that's fine. That's <laughs> kinda cool. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, no, it's like it's uh I get again, I guess I'm a DJ in the sense that I'm mixing my own tracks. Okay but it's all i don't know what sounds i'm going to produce mm-hmm. that day and every time right so you know a dj is going to be pretty much set same rhythm tempo yeah. uh yeah. not much manipulation there's it's like a to b to c to d you know yep. um yeah it's uh i want to i want to take electronic music and then you know amalgamate it with the the love i have for this jam band Mm. music and Mm -hmm. where it's like you don't know what's gonna happen what sounds um are gonna come out of it you know like i'm playing live synth on stage yeah i don't know what but i might like uh you know simple pad chords or arpeggiate it i can do many Mm -hmm. manipulate in many different ways i want it to always feel different yeah so if i could i would probably record all my shows live Mm. and release it you know i do sometimes i do that i do a couple sets okay yeah so it's um yeah it's a a funny new world for me it's not right yeah and eventually eventually i am going to incorporate my bass into it. I just need to get a better handle on the Uh, electronic side. Yeah. But, uh, yeah,
1: base, the the base will be there Mm -hmm, eventually. mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of bands who play their own instruments. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I grew up with Van Halen, you know, the Eagles Mm -hmm. and they, they all play, you know, Glenn Fry and, you know, Joe Walsh, they play their own instruments. You Mm -hmm. know, um, uh, I was disappointed to find out a lot of live bands, even the really, really good musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, who make amazing studio albums will use like backing tracks, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah and and i I draw the line in, and I don't have a touring band, so I you know this is coming out of you know somebody who's not doing it, criticizing from outside. I think, as far as I would go would be to set up my pedal board for guitar mm-hmm. so that it goes from like a clean sound to a grunge sound to a yeah. solo sound or something, yeah on its own, mm-hmm. so you don't have to run back hit the pedal and then you know yeah because that, that's a pain If yeah. you, you anybody who played with you know live music mm. it's a lot of work and and every once in a while you hit the wrong pedal of course
0: yeah it's like i think the biggest pet peeve i guess with the, these backing track people is it's so sterile and you yeah. know they're not going to really change they can't change it because they they're playing to that track yep so that and uh you know another thing that just drives me absolutely nuts watching a live band is unfortunately you see it a lot in Japan is people playing with sheet music on stage oh no and a lot of people do that and you you watch these really big Japanese artists and their supporting band all have sheet music on stage Wow and uh, I've argued this with many people before it's like I you're killing all the soul. Like no yeah. one's listening to each other because they're too busy playing yeah. the notes, and uh, I, I can't stand it. Well,
1: and and that's the thing is like, so you know, growing up listening to hard rock is the the interplay between the guitar and the singer, mm-hmm. the call and response, right? Mm-hmm. And then the the drummer looking at the bass, at the, at the bass player and the drummer making eye contact yeah. and getting into that groove, you know, and then the guitar sitting above that and then the singer above the guitar and it's like you gotta have that solid rhythm section
3: mm-hmm.
1: and somebody who knows how to play guitar somebody yep. who's actually singing live mm-hmm. rather than like a Saturday Night Live you know yeah yeah <laughs> was it Ashley Simpson I don't mean to disparage her she she started the wrong song oh I don't know it I was don't Saturday know. Night Live like this is gosh 20 years ago I think mm-hmm. and she had a, a a budding career as a singer yeah and went on Saturday Night Live and she started singing the wrong song. And the back the backing track had the vocals. Yeah. And, and the show fell apart and her career, I think, kind of stopped there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, props for her for getting on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I never made it that nope, far. For sure. But have you ever had, and, and here's why I'm asking, is every once in a while, um, I'll be working on a song, and I have one song called, uh, um, how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a sad song about a, a couple that broke up during COVID. Okay. They ended up, you know, they were living together. They, um, uh, the lockdown started mm-hmm. and they started spending more time together. <laughs> and he was, a, he was a, a worthless SOB and she, yeah. she was very ambitious and figured out like, uh, this is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so she just kind of moved out one day while he was at work. And, um, so, uh, it's written from the perspective of the like the loser ex boyfriend. <laughs> okay. He's like, I guess that's how it goes. That's, you know? that's cool. She she bailed and like, you know, what could I have done? You mm-hmm. know? But um, I put two solos in there. Mm-hmm. One is the, one is the solo in the middle, and one is the outro. Mm-hmm. The kind of um, tapers, kind of, you know, how do you what do you call that when the it fades?
2: Yeah, it fades. <laughs> <laughs> fades, it fades. I'm such
1: out. a musician. I don't even know what fades. <laughs> but I recorded two solos. And I wanted to hear them back and see which one was better. Maybe mm-hmm. I could like splice them together, Yeah, you know, take the best of the two. And I accidentally unmuted both of them. Yeah. And there was a call and response there. Yeah. It was so freaking cool. And then one part where there's a harmony and it resolves. Mm-hmm. And I end up playing the same lick at the end. Yeah. And it was so perfect. I kept it. Yeah. But if you listen to one part, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You listen to the other solo, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But the two together are freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Another time I did a solo for a song called Best Friend. Mm-hmm. And I had been on a podcast with two guys who were like really close. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, shout out to Get In The Corner <laughs> with Yuck Nasty. Um, I was on their podcast one time mm-hmm. and these two guys are best friends. And after I got off the show, I wrote a song called Best Friend for mm-hmm. these guys and then sent it to them and they liked it. But I had... um had been listening watching an interview with Steve Vine he talks about doubling the guitar and he's so talented he could he can do a solo and then go back and then do the same exact solo again mm-hmm. and i'm so chaotic like i'm like i'm just like i can't do that mm-hmm. you know but i thought well what i can do is i can duplicate that mm-hmm. and i accident so I was trying to put some echo and reverb and mm. some, you know, a little bit of uh, chorus on it, and I put that on the second track, mm. and then listened back to it, and it sounded like a Joe Walsh guitar solo, mm-hmm. and it ended up being so cool. And people were like, "Dude, how'd you come up with that?" And I'm like, it was a mistake. Yeah, beautiful mistakes. And do you ever have beautiful mistakes like that, or
0: always? Oh, it, well, I, you know, uh, before I release anything, I play. I play the tracks live. Mm. So it's kind of like a comedy in that sense (laughs) where it's like, you want to see, you want to see, uh, what bombs and what, what people connect with. Yeah. And that's uh, I always do that. Mm. Um, and I'll play it multiple times and I'll try different arrangements Mm. and different feels and different sounds. And it slowly gets crafted with the audience in some Mm. ways. So, um, I did a show, the show before Moon Romantic, the one you okay, saw last yeah. week. Um, I played this place called uh, Dai Pool. Okay. Very unique venue. Very cool. Does very, it actually have a pool? No pool. No oh, yeah. pool. <laughs> very good sound. Okay. Very, uh, it's in the, this like, it's in like the basement, like B2. Um, uh-huh. This guy does metal art crafting. So you have all these crazy, like um metal art creatures all over the venue it's it was a wow. really twisted place and really cool and uh i tested out kind of uh this new song that same mm. thing it was created by um me just learning a plugin or a mm. tool and um i tested it out and it killed mm. i actually put it in like uh it, it as one of the last tracks i think it was like the second or third last track and um yeah it got everyone really move it, nice. in it's really good um haven't touched it for a while which is good i want to want to like let it sit mm. come back to it with fresh ears and then yeah. start uh, cleaning it up and yeah. seeing what else i can add to it or take yeah. away from it but um yeah it's a, i treat it in some ways like comedy it's like I mm. want to see what bombs, yeah, and I want to see what what people are just like loving, and yeah, yeah. Um, then make it part of my own. So I got uh, I did like two new tracks. I'm gonna do probably maybe in the next show I'll do one new one. Okay, and um, yeah, just play around like see what the audience is because they're mm-hmm. gonna tell me. And it's the same thing. They call me DJ, so I guess I'm a DJ. It's like I'll just, I'll <laughs> listen to them more than me. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz if uh I have a hard time, you know, everyone says, "Oh, I am uh you know, shoegaze or I'm this." Uh-huh. But if they're wrong, it's just they sound stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So and I don't know what what my sound was, okay. but everyone said ambient and trip hop. So I'm like, I'll just believe trip hop,
1: okay? I'll just believe. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is so for the younger members listening, um DJ Comes mm-hmm. from disc jockey. Yeah, and that used to be the host on the radio. Yeah, because they would, the promoters would come to them and bring them a record. Yeah, and say, you know, play this. And then the the artists would go around and do the shows, mm-hmm. the the circuit, and say, hey, here's, you know, here's uh David Lee Roth, and here's their new single, you know, um, from Van Halen, whatever. And uh, they would play the song and a, a record, a vinyl record, is a disc, and they would be jockey like i don't know why they why they came up with jockey but then that got shortened to dj yeah and so when scratching and mixing and stuff became a thing those guys were called djs Mm -hmm. and now anybody who's got electronics on the stage is like kind of sometimes called a dj right yeah Yeah.
0: it's it's um yeah it's interesting like i've heard uh there's yeah electronic artists but people would assume i play like yeah that I'm a DJ I, I don't know how to phrase it okay. it's a new it's kind of a new world of uh, labeling yeah, yeah. Of musicians well, it,
1: you know I kind of like it because people listen to my music they don't know how to label it yeah and they and I've heard my music described in like a hundred different ways yeah and I'm one of those people where all my songs have a meaning yeah you know and I I said that one is about a couple that broke up during uh, COVID yeah um I wrote a song for my father after he passed away. Yeah. But I don't tell people. Yeah. I mean, I, I I do say, you know, hey, I wrote this for my dad, whatever. Yeah. But I don't tell people what it's supposed to mean. Yeah. Because when they listen to it, it's going to have meaning for them. Yeah. And to me, that's more important.
0: No. Right? To, that's the concept behind uh, that Tell Me About the World is, uh. yeah, because it's from, um, it's from, uh there's yeah i want to hear everyone else's interpretation of it Uh, i have my meaning i keep it to myself yeah but uh and i i it's very important that the the album and the songs have stories to them they Mm -hmm. have to Mm -hmm. but uh that album in particular is like it was very important for us to listen because as -hmm. you know the the world is so divided (laughs) and no one no one listens no one listens to each other so i really wanted to uh emphasize that and there's um a book called uh tribe maybe you know it by Sh- sebastian younger right okay i just know the title yeah, yeah. so it was it's not even a great quote hmm. yeah but it was about he's he's he was pretty much a military guy or an army guy okay comes back to the states and he lost that sense of uh, community, mm. right? And uh, which seems like everyone just seems so separated and yeah. no one's working together and all that. And he sat down with his brother-in-law, I believe, okay. brother-in-law or uncle. I think it was his brother-in-law. And he said, you know, I just want to, uh, you know, I just want to drink cold coffee and please just tell me about the world right mm. and that was it and that really stuck out to me wow. and uh and then in during the covid time i wrote uh cold coffee okay and
1: i, I did listen to that <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and uh I liked it, yeah. yeah and the, um, essentially the main purpose behind that was just i was so into my music at that time uh-huh. that my coffee went cold So it's actually, it's not like an iced coffee. It's a, it's a crap. It's a cold coffee. It's a cold, (sighs) it's cold coffee from just doing the things you love. Right. And then when, and then when you actually, uh, when I read that quote, drink cold coffee and please tell me about the world. I'm like, Mm. it really, that was the single. And then I released this EP after, and they're kind of always been connected and Mm. that's, I've always wanted to be an open interpretation. So even the music wow. video when I had my friends shave like my my facial hair and my that's my head
1: interesting video yeah so the yeah. the
0: concept is like full trust in them I I I trust you I'll listen to whatever you want me to do and it was the same concept behind it so ah. so it's like that's the yeah I wanted I want to be a good listener and listen to everyone else's interpretation of it oh, same boy. with the album art you know like uh, it's yeah. like f- whatever she wanted to do um she, she was she had a hard uh, you know her name's Azusa Sekiguchi she had a hard time understanding mm. that she has freedom in creating art <laughs> <laughs> i'm like yeah you can do it and it's like cuz the concept is i want to know your interpretation and then uh. she gave me a full breakdown of what she felt for each track and she did a fantastic job and she she knocked it uh,
1: out of the park it's no it's, it's it's very good, yeah, 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 it's amazing. um, yeah, I think uh Elon Musk has a quote, and I took a screen grab of him saying it is it wouldn't help to have a little more love in the world, yeah yeah, you know, he said that a couple of times he was on Joe Rogan, yeah, and he he had that uh clover cigarette, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he said, yeah, it may sound trite, but uh love is the answer, yeah. And, uh, from, you know, the richest man in the world saying that like, maybe he's got a point, Yeah. you know, but to put a timestamp in it, um, Trump just got indicted. Yeah. Um, we don't have to talk about it, but just to, to <laughs> let people know where we are in history, uh, Ukraine and Russia have been at war for a year. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. Um, this is one of the first times in history that most Americans know the name of the Canadian prime minister, <laughs> yeah, 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 Justin Trudeau. And, uh. A lot of things are happening in the world mm-hmm. you know um somebody sent me this the other day or or actually gosh maybe six eight months ago is um in japan Japan's famous for trains being on time, but there was a delay and in on the on the train there's a there's a display it's a like a um a really nice t v screen it's not like the the subway in New York where there's mm-hmm. like a an l e d yeah. thing coming by but really nice display and they'll show like TV commercials and stuff. Mm. But when there's a delay, they'll put a reason up there. And, you know, maybe they'll say like, you know, debris on tracks or, Mm. you know, car accident or something. The reason for the delay was missile.
0: Oh, really? North
1: Korea had shot a missile over Japan. Wow. And so they stopped the trains like for safety and like, okay, if this hits, what do we do? You know? And, um, you know, Japan's been, anti-war for what eight Mm -hmm. decades but we got this guy launching missiles over you know the northern islands and Mm -hmm. and, you know uh china and um russia just you know put together a deal to cooperate Mm -hmm. and uh massive major world economic powers are getting off the petrodollar yeah and so things are really changing yeah you know and um uh, and uh, Prime Minister Abe was shot. Like, wasn't mm-hmm. that like a year ago or something?
0: Yeah, it was about it was a year ago. ago. Yeah. So
1: it's been a really wild couple of years. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the world. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's this is one of the benefits of having children. Yeah, is that they don't worry about this stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 travel, travel's yeah. so cool. And sorry, I'm talking a lot, huh? No, 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 (laughs) no, go for it, go for it. I listen back to these as I edit them, and I'm like, (laughs) dude, you talk way too much, man. (laughs) But having children or traveling, and Mm -hmm. and just going to have dinner in a different place and realizing that, you know, when I was in Thailand or Bali or Korea, just realizing people are just, we're we're different, we look different, we dress different, we talk different, but we have a lot of similarities. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, um... I remember being in Thailand and seeing, you know, people with their children and thinking, "Oh, that's just like a North American dad." Yeah, you know, he's he's grabbing his kids so he doesn't run in the middle of the street. You know, they're looking for food for dinner. Mm. Like, what are we gonna have for dinner? The kid's like, "Daddy, I'm hungry." You know, I can't understand him, but I'm sure he's, you know, whining, "Daddy, I'm hungry." You know, and and people are really the same.
0: Yeah, I've I've always thought that when I was here. I never, I think growing up in Toronto, you grow up with the different cultures. Uh, I, it was a very big learning. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have grown up there, but mm. w- even when I moved here, I felt everyone was just the same. It's just, instead of this food, it's this food, yep. <laughs> you know, and it's really not that much different. And we, we do have more in common. Um, mm. you know, it's, uh, it's, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, I, unfortunately, like we, we need some people to stay hopeful that we can work together and make it happen. But
1: well, that's, that's the beauty of music and comedy and Mm. stuff like that is, you know, when you're at uh, at a show for two hours, like you just, you leave the world outside. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the, (laughs) I don't watch a lot of sports. Yeah. You know, I I watch UFC. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh i don't i've never paid for pay-per-view so like i'll watch the free fights on youtube or rumble or something but um and then uh i haven't watched the super bowl or world <laughs> series or i i you know i'm here in japan and i've never gone to see a sumo match you know yeah. but they've slowly but surely got politics injected into them but music when you go to a show like that it's there's there's no politics there's no there's no nothing you know other than just music and people having a good time (laughs) that
0: that that said it's the the biggest problem with japan is you have these people that hold it in for so long and and then they just explode and there's um you probably know the podcast like it's it's tokyo speaks have you heard of this
1: podcast i have i should look
0: it up yeah it's like it's quite big Mm. i think right but um I don't remember. A really nice guy runs it. But um, the one he had this one guest that said, when Americans speak their mind, it's so we can relax our mind. Mm. And it's like, so we, we can relax it. But like j- Japanese people just hold it in. Mm. But they're raging. It's going to mm. explode at any moment. And you don't know when. Mm. And there's something. Yeah, it's so true so so true and um you know two years ago there was the um guy that dressed up as joker on the the halloween uh, okay. on halloween and yeah stabbed a bunch of people on the train yeah. and set fire and he when you listen to him talk he was very honest and very calm when he said he's like you know like i lost my job mm. i had no friends to talk to no one to talk to and he's like i didn't know where to turn to and mm. it's like Damn, it's like you need to wake up, Japan, you know? And yeah. it's like, and I have this again, this new track, you know, back kind of back to the copyright thing, mm. right? I got flagged on SoundCloud for okay. this using this movie clip, uh, but it's copyright free. It is copyright free. So I had to okay. fight it and got it cleared, which is great. Good. But um, the track itself is about a protest, like, protest to japan that it's okay to get mad yeah to relax your mind yeah and then you're going to feel much better and you're going to create change faster yeah you know the problem with western our countries Mm -hmm. you know kind of us is we talk probably too much right we're (laughs) just on the other side of it it's just they need to talk more here so that track is so so important and Mm. so vital that they you know you get stuff like that like you mentioned about shinzo abe mm-hmm. being shot like yeah you know they they need they don't have the outlets to release it mm.
1: and, unless they go drinking <laughs> then you can say anything you want yeah yeah yeah
0: but but you know my friend uh my my coworker, he um he actually uh does the hotline he does the um you know like uh one of those hotlines where people can just like release their stress. Okay, and, yeah. You know, their the suicide hotline or yeah, yeah. And stuff like that.
1: Well, I did a podcast with uh, Vicky Scorja of Tell. Oh, okay. It used to be Tokyo English Lifeline, now it's Tell, but they have in Japanese there's Inochi no Dema, Okay. Which is lifeline. So they it's, have a couple. They're, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, he was he was saying that a a good majority of the callers, mm-hmm. even though this is based in England, Okay. um were japanese because because wow. they actually didn't know where to turn to to uh mm. to talk to, to someone and um wow. it was such an eye-opening experience like it was it was insane so even if they do have those mm. outlets here yeah it's like i wish they showed that you know like promoted them more but at the same time it's you know it's considered a sign of weakness yeah. in some ways here right mm-hmm. so you know i hope they wake up um that that track is probably going to be my single when i release this mm-hmm. next dp because it's just um it's just so on point and it's one of those tracks that just came out like that yeah. and uh, strut was like that and those tracks are i know they have something special mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm.
1: That's, um, you know, it, I was reading about Steve Vai, this mm-hmm. is before the internet, he was in Guitar Magazine, and was reading about Steve Vai, and he said that a song would come to him full-blown, yeah, start to finish, boom. And I thought, um, that's kind of weird, mm-hmm. like, how does that happen? And then I, I started, I played guitar for about 10 years, and then it happened to me mm-hmm. one day. But I've also got the... Like the piecemeal song, where I'll get the bass line or the the guitar part, and so as a guitarist, I write the guitar first mm-hmm. and the melody, and I think, oh, I gotta put a bass behind this, and that's why I got a bass. Yeah, and then um, the one compromise I do make is I make all the drums on my MacBook, mm-hmm. but I've learned to manipulate the the drummers in GarageBand, mm-hmm. so I could add fills and you know <laughs> drum you know stuff like that to make it sound like okay maybe there's a little bit of a drummer there, but it's a hundred percent accurate, which—that's mm-hmm. part of the charm of the Beatles—is that they weren't like on a metronome, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, in fact, they've like digitally analyzed the Beatles and found out that the uh, Ringo Starr was was not—he didn't have perfect timing, <laughs> yeah, right. That's, but that's part that's of the fun. charm, yeah, of right. Course. Of course. And and a band that you know you're playing like um, uh, Twist and Shout, and if it's like half of, half a beat faster at the end than the beginning, mm-hmm. then you've got this momentum going, and the crowd goes with it, mm-hmm. right? But if it's like, you know, t- 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 perfect beat through the mm-hmm. whole thing, that kind of makes my songs a little sterile, yeah, because it is a perfect beat, and there's no variety. It's mm-hmm. just, it, the the volume doesn't change, mm-hmm. right? Because a really good drummer, could that you affect know, volume too, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That said you have a uh, beat like billy jean or uh ah. be it where it's like just constant throughout a driving yeah and then that's that's a track of beauty in some ways where it's like true. the minimal the minimalist reigns supreme you don't have yeah. to add anything more or take anything out
1: but it's also michael jackson yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah he has stellar musicians yeah. obviously yeah
0: but um you know like i've Going back to that, like the idea of Steve Vai, I couldn't write a track instantly, like yeah. beginning to end. But it's true. It's like sometimes I've, again, this new album, I've had this one track for 14 years.
2: Mm.
0: And I'm finally, I feel now it's finally time to release it. I mm. finally figured it out, the puzzle. Uh, and it took forever. I get it. And um, I'm so happy you can find its home like out there, you know? So, um, you never know what the timeline of, of a track is going to be for the most part. So, True. uh, but when it comes, it's great, but it, you know, you it can't is. rush something or
1: well, sometimes you got to let it marinate, right? Yeah, of course. of course. And, and then you know, I, I've had songs that I've worked on for a year or two and then I'll get the bridge. hmm. Right and And basically, it's sitting around, messing around on the guitar, and like I said, a lot of my stuff is written by mistake, mm-hmm. right, or in the beginning, the songs that I've never recorded, but you know, as a teenager, you know, I think I started playing guitar at like fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. and the stuff that I wrote back then, I was trying to learn somebody else's song <laughs> and then another, and I didn't have you know there was no iPod, there was no none of that no m p threes You'd have to either listen to it on vinyl or tape, or listen to it on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other people say this, but one song would come on, and you're trying to learn it, and then another song comes on, and you mix the two together. Well, guess what? Now you got a different song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I'd be trying to play one song, and I'd make a mistake and say, "Oh, actually, I like that." Mm-hmm. You know. And um, what does Andrew Huberman say? Is like creativity is taking ideas from the known world and putting them together in novel ways that are useful. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's only what, like 12 notes on the chromatic scale. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can only combine them in so many ways and there's, there's a lot of chords, but there's only so many ways you can yeah. combine them. So, um, yeah, taking two songs and mixing them up and like, you know, making a mistake. and Yeah, then, totally. But I've had the songs where, you know, cause I, I create them in layers. Like I said, the, the guitar and the vocal Mm -hmm. and then the, the bass and then the drums. Um, and then since I'm, it's just me, there's no way to write a guitar solo. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'll listen to the song over and over again. It's okay here. I need to put a guitar solo and I'll start noodling around and then it comes. Mm -hmm. And have you ever, um, I read a book by, um, Pressman. Is, Is it, I want to get this right. It's Andrew or Steven Pressman. And uh, he wrote a book called The War of Art.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've I've actually read that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Great book. And he talks about the muse.
0: Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that um, probably maybe last year or something. Yeah,
1: I just read it like maybe in the last three or four months. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, I don't know what it is whether it's creativity or whether it's those, those 10,000 hours of practice people talk Mm -hmm. about or, or if we tap into something, sometimes I think we tap into something. Yeah. Right. And I don't know what it is, but I don't question it anymore. I'm like, I don't know where it came from, but I've never heard this before. And I got to get it recorded before I forget it because a song sometimes is almost like I'm remembering it. Yeah. Right. And then I got to record it because if I don't use it, it's going to go away. Right. Mm -hmm. and same thing with writing same thing with you know a lot of the creative work i do but um and then there'll be a mistake in the mixing that ends up sounding cool yeah but and then i've had songs where i i got a keyboard song called drone where i just started out with a bass line Mm -hmm. and some drums and a beat and then a bass line and i added a keyboard on top of that and i added another keyboard and then i added some guitar Mm -hmm. and some more guitar and there's like maybe five guitar tracks yeah and and there's one bass line there's maybe three keyboards Mm -hmm. but as i added stuff it kept getting better but then you gotta it's kind of like when you're when you're making something in the kitchen you're like okay i got some paprika i got some pepper i got some of this i got some of that Mm -hmm. oh i better stop (laughs) you know do you ever get to that point where you've you've made the song just about as perfect as it can get. And if you add anything else, it takes away from it. Well, yeah, it's,
0: yeah, of, of course. Like, uh, yeah, it's, maybe it's not like just adding, but it's also like, yeah, just like maybe even, even, if, even if it's just a delay, like adding too much delay oh, or yeah. too much reverb. Yeah. You can easily overthink something Yeah, too much and you got to kind of let it go at a certain point but um I try to keep the tracks pretty minimum yeah like Uh, like, all the tracks like pretty bare hmm. for the most part like I want to um I don't want it to be like layer upon layer I don't want it to be like these 20 tracks okay I I would love to get it down to like seven (laughs) or eight yeah like really really basic Hmm, hmm, hmm. um because there's uh there's there's this one band, you probably have, maybe you've never heard of them. They're called the Whitest Boy Alive. No, never heard of them. No, I was just talking about them today, actually. Okay. But um, they are a four piece group, super minimal, like kind of pop funk kind mm-hmm. of, kind of pop fi- funk kind of group, and um, they are so good at creating space empty space that sounds full right really love their their sound and um i try to kind of mimic that in a lot of sense where it's like really take a lot out keep it really simple but it still Mm. sounds lush you know Mm. and another band of course is talking heads was really good at that you know so um stop making sense was very minimalist right and it's like i really want to keep that going but but you know then there's some tracks like again the new track i have called revolver which is the what i told you about like yeah. the the guy exploding out of nowhere that you yeah. know and it's the protest track for japan and then i got the the 14 year old song which is called think vast and that's supposed to be chaotic it's okay. supposed to be dead silent and then chaotic later on, so essentially the huh. the idea of the track is it's pitch black, and actually you're driving in the desert of Nevada mm. And then you're just with your thoughts and then slowly this this light appears out of nowhere and essentially the track's about Las Vegas, but mm. it, and it's about and then your your thoughts are lost and it's just the chaos takes over takes over and ensues right and then you just drive out of las vegas and it's back into nothingness and it's like i really wanted to create that so that the chaos was important but at the beginning it has to be that minimal Mm. minimalist kind of approach to the track so um it's uh it's that it's very important to fill up the space with nothing Mm. and make it sound
1: lush well that's hard. Very hard. Space in music is hard because yeah. as a performer as a as an artist you want to you know like I said I grew up with stuff like Van Halen where it, it hits you you know right in the nose <laughs> right yeah. in the face. But to put space in yeah. there is hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And don't get me wrong I'm like uh when I played with my old uh, kind of jam band mm. group. I played this one venue in Cleveland, mm. and I played. It was a pure hair rock club, okay. hair rock club. Yeah, and I just remember hearing like the best twenty minute version of Panama wow. ever. Yeah, and I'm I'm not big. I, I I can't really kind of can't stand hair rock. Okay, but it was like <laughs> they. I was. I loved their passion so much Mm. and they were just so happy and everyone got this crazy long, like it was just trading 32 bar solos after 32 bar solos Wow! and it was just chaos, absolute Mm. chaos and it was a really funny event (laughs) in general, but got to really learn about a a really cool scene that I never Mm. usually get to see, Mm. Cleveland, Ohio. Very, oh yeah! What a <laughs> amazing, yeah. amazing city!
1: That was an interesting state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, a the Toledo Mud Hens, by the way, is a an amateur baseball team.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: And um, I had a friend from the prosecutor's office when I was in Detroit, and he took us to see the Toledo Mud Hens. And it's the um, I know nothing about professional sports. It's going to come through here, but they are the farm team for a professional team. Oh, okay. Right and um uh there's also a, a amusement park in ohio that's really amazing and i can't even think of it so i shouldn't even go there mm-hmm. but um an interesting state it is very yeah. interesting so excellent football players
0: yeah yeah very tough Yeah, it's it's one of the our neighboring uh, states you know we got michigan ohio yep. um and i'm always blown away by it all the cities are very different very unique really cincinnati different. is beautiful yeah uh very very beautiful and really cool relationship they have with Kentucky like that uh it's kind of they're bordering each other yeah. and um yeah i'm always fascinated by the states because it's mm-hmm. really 50 countries in, in one
1: it really is yeah, yeah. it's i mean that california is the republic of california yeah. texas is the republic of texas right yeah. and um yeah that's uh when i went through law school that was uh, very interesting because each state the bar exam is different. Yeah, yeah. Because we have different estate laws, different divorce laws, mm-hmm. different uh, inheritance laws, mm-hmm. different criminal laws. It's ri- and and then Louisiana has uh, French law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> crazy. But I remember going to, um, what is the city? It's across the bridge from Detroit. Windsor, Windsor, yeah, Windsor, yeah. and I loved going there. But yeah. then my friends from Canada told me that that's not the best place to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's like uh, it wouldn't be considered, you know, like uh, the best place when, you know, I guess that's my uh, Toronto kind of smug attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we're we're not looking highly at like London, Ontario, Windsor, Ontario, okay. Paris. Ontario is nothing like Paris.
1: So this is funny. I I had a chance to go to. London. I'm sure it's beautiful though. It's it's yeah it's great. Um, well, especially if you go from Detroit to Windsor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, it's heaven. I think that's really it.
0: I think it's really the contrast yeah. going from, you know, the border, the Detroit border. When you're dropped in, is it's pretty rundown. It's pretty ghetto yeah. in that area. That it's not a really, hey, welcome to America, you know, really, inviting, like...
1: We're, we're really not putting our best foot yeah, forward there. <laughs> you know,
0: like, when, when it's the Quebec and Vermont border, however, oh. it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Or you have, like, uh, New Brunswick and Maine. Okay. And that's really beautiful. <laughs> but, but, you know, Niagara Falls, Buffalo, and Windsor, Detroit. Contrast. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not getting
1: the... Uh, the
0: creme de la creme. No, we're know? not putting our best foot forward there. Yeah.
1: Like, like it should be inverted. Like Texas should be on the border. You can really? go to a city like Austin to see amazing music and comedy. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm down know. with that. But, yeah. uh, you know, but
0: Buffalo especially is that love, hate relationship of a uh, city. Like I've seen so many concerts, there. amazing venues. Uh, it really is a historical city. It's just yeah. um, a little bit run down here yeah. and there. But, um, yeah it's always been kind of the sister city of
1: Toronto and so okay I, I feel I feel so during law school, I had a chance to go to London mm. um and the funny thing is so we had a negotiation competition mm. which is where they give you a fact pattern and then you try to negotiate the the best outcome for your client that your' your imaginary client that you're representing right and they said the winner of the school competition got to go to London. Mm-hmm. I said, I've never been to England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All they said is, well, the winner's gonna go to London. I was like, I wanna go to England. So we prepared like crazy. This mm. buddy of mine, Wayne, he's a really cool dude. Yeah, So prepared, ex-military, he just like, and we prepared like it was boot camp and yeah. he, he was really sharp, dude. And, and, and then it was London,
0: Ontario. And it was London, Ontario.
1: <laughs> and so we drove up there and it was fun. Yeah, we had fun, and um, I just remember. So I, I don't drink, so I was the designated driver. Yeah. And uh, the bartender was so cool. He's like, "Yeah, man, the DD gets free coffee." Yeah. The designated driver, and I was like, "Well, I just don't drink. It's I'm not sacrificing yeah. anything because <laughs> I'm not going to drink anyway." But I got free coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then my my uh the the people we took with us, like my my partner in the negotiation team, he didn't get. I think he had like one beer. But one of the one of the women we took with us got like blind drunk, <laughs> and um, I just remember being in the bar and everybody's drunk, and I'm like, "Well, okay." <laughs> but no, London was cool. Yeah, yeah, no, London was it, cool. And coming from Detroit, it was just a cool town, <laughs> a good drive.
0: You know that. That said, I was talking with um, with my coworker today about Detroit. Okay. And um, it seems like I would love to go back there. I know they've cleaned up quite a lot I think I think they've went through a lot of the rough you know that they Mm -hmm. went through the rough part they've restored a lot of the area Mm -hmm. kind of um brought it back to life after I guess the automotive industry like just completely crashed there right so um I would really love to go back I'm I love all you know Mm -hmm. I love going to the states because it's yeah, again, the, the, um, the history, you know, the, um, mm. unfortunately like, uh, you know, it's literally also black and white, you mm-hmm. know, but that could be, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, um, y- you know, you literally just go on this side of the tracks and you have to really watch yourself. You gotta wa- yeah, yeah, exactly. But, exactly. um, overall people are really nice. People are really kind. They are, and yeah. I, th- I, I, I feel bad for the states sometimes they get a bad rap you know like oh canadians are kind and americans aren't i'm like well you know i've we've done a lot of crap things in our past too you know it's like i don't like to uh, you know put that all in the states yeah, or anything
1: yeah. well you know it, it's it's funny because if you look back far enough everybody's done something everyone's like, done something nasty. really bad yeah and it's just that certain things get focused on more and that's you know it is what it is, I guess. But you know, um, Detroit is, uh, making a comeback. I mean, some major companies have invested. Yeah. Um, I, I was there in the early two thousands, uh, for law school and then an internship in the prosecutor's office and, um, would drive from the suburb and Detroit's like a donut, right? So you drive through hell Mm -hmm. and then you get downtown and there's the GM building
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and there's the, um, um, the hockey arena. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you want to see sports, Michigan's the place. Detroit is the place yeah, to do yeah. it. And you have Michigan State. You have University of Michigan. Yeah. You have the Pistons. You have the Red Wings. Yeah. You have the Lions, you know, and uh, the Tigers. Yeah. I, w- I was just afraid I was going to miss somebody. But there's so much sports going on. Mm-hmm. And a Detroit basketball game is a mind-blowing experience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the crowd gets so crazy and they have these propane fires and the <laughs> yeah, announcer yells love it. Detroit. The crowd yells basketball and the place goes insane. Mm. And on game day, everybody's wearing their Red Wings jerseys. You go into Meijer to go shopping. That's the local grocery store and everybody's wearing a Red yeah. Wings jersey and you know it's game day. You know? And um, man, they love their sports. Yeah, I can imagine. And so many smart people, just absolutely mind blowing, intelligent people Mm -hmm. because of the automotive industry, they're engineers, they're smart. Um, I went to a friend's barbecue and he had, he had built this game and I, I, they have a, a name for it and they sell it commercially now, but it was a a thing um, where they had like three racks and then two tennis balls on a, on a rope. And you would try to, make the the tennis ball on the string like hang on one of the racks mm-hmm. and, and the, the game the name they gave it was balls on you. Right? <laughs> okay. Because it was using two tennis balls. I, okay. I had I didn't know. But um now it's sold commercially but he built his own set. So that's like just imagine somebody building their own pinball machine. It's mm-hmm. like the guy was just freaking brilliant. And uh, he met his wife on a car for him. <laughs> Cause she had asked like, I got this car and I, he didn't realize he was talking to a woman. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, I'm trying to rebuild the carburetor, but I'm, I'm getting stuck here. And he's like, Oh, here's how you do it. You know? And, and she's like, wow, that's really cool. By the way, where do you live? Oh, I live here. Oh, I live, I live here too. And they ended up getting together. They ended up getting married. Wow. But both of them absolutely brilliant engineers and, and so many smart people, it's just crazy Mm. that that state has, or that city has gone through so much crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to see it make a resurgence because that was the premier city of, of, of America. Yeah. (laughs) I can't even talk. I mean, I keep saying
0: there's a lot of cities you hope that for, right. You know, like I, you just want to see them come out on top. Like whether it's, uh, yeah, Chicago mm. or Detroit. Um, Philadelphia. Phil- I love Philadelphia mm. very much. Um, Baltimore is beautiful, mm. and it's like, yeah, you want to hear the happy, you know, happy ending for yeah. them, you know, Cause you really do. Yeah, it's just um, the rich history, the culture is just so incredible, well, and
1: and I didn't even mention the music in Detroit.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
1: well, first of all, techno comes from Detroit, right? And Motown, yeah. obviously, Motor Town, Motown yeah. music, that whole thing that completely changed music. Mm-hmm. You know, techno changed the world. Motown changed the world, yep. and the Fox Theater. I saw. I um, know oh, I'm going to forget his name. He he's the guy that that's sang uh, "You're Beautiful." Yo, beautiful. Huh? Yeah. Uh, is oh, it okay. James James Blunt. James Blunt. I remember it had something to do with pot. Yeah, <laughs> James Blunt. I saw him at the um, the Fox Theater in downtown Detroit. Incredible theater. Yeah, yeah. I've, Incre- I've seen pictures of it. Oh my gosh! Absolutely incredible venue, and there's not a bad seat in the place. You could sit anywhere in there and have absolutely perfect acoustics. Mm-hmm. Like the way that was built was just incredible. Yeah. So a,
0: yeah. a lot of beautiful venues in the states. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to hit up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and as a fan of music and as mm-hmm. a musician, like I'd like to play there, but I'd like to go to a show there. Yeah,
0: of course. Of you know? Course. Yeah.
1: What about a place like Las Vegas? Would you play Las Vegas?
0: I would play anywhere. Okay. I would. Yeah. I'm, I'm up for any, like I'm, um, I care just really about the atmosphere mm. and I just don't want to play any place now. Like, uh, when I started playing this music, I played every single place. Mm i'll I'll try like a cafe i'll yeah. try this I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where do i best fit mm. all these music venues the live houses mm. that are called here and um now i'm at the point where i can be picky and i want to really i want that ambiance i want that atmosphere yeah. because that's where my music's going to shine more and so i want to be picky I, that's why i only do shows in tokyo once every three months two months okay just because i want to um I want to really prepare for them yeah i want to really yeah. think about the set i want to really create something special i want mm. people to be like wanting it more but if mm. i'm playing like twice a month i can lose that charm to it uh. you know so um it's a very important thing so vegas i know nothing about mm. about the music scene. like Except for Celine Dion and Elton yeah. John doing their rounds, you, you know. Can do but, a residency there. Yeah, yeah. but live there, yeah. But it's like, I'm sure they got a unique, like, underground scene. I'm sure they do, yeah. involved, so.
1: Every city has a cool scene. Like, exactly. L.A. has a scene. New York has a different scene, you know. But um, what was different about the show I saw last week was that people who came stayed for all acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah cuz i have played these shows maybe they were maybe it's because it's a bringer show or a live house where you have to sell your own tickets and stuff but um people will come in and see the first band and and you're like you're so stoked because you're the second act and the place is crowded but as soon as the first band ends half the crowd leaves cuz they only yeah, came yeah, to see yeah.
0: him that was right? uh when but, i that's what new york felt like for me uh, yeah it's like new york's a was the hardest city i've ever played ah uh, Boston was fantastic.
1: Ah, Bo- <laughs> you know, Boston loves entertainment though. I mean, a lot yeah. of comedians come out of Boston.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. They really appreciate it. But um no, you know what? The that that crew, the More Than Music crew yeah. that are creating all these events. They're, they're really working hard at it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're creating that subscription model. And, yeah. Um,
1: Smart model, by the way.
0: Yeah. They, they want to just make it affordable for people and mm-hmm. give venues uh, a lot of people so they yeah. can enjoy it. So, like, it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, they really care about the lineup. And yeah. and they also know me very well. So, they know I don't want... I'm going to be very picky about shows yeah. now. Because, I, I you know, they... I've done anything they asked me to do before mm-hmm. and it was weird mixed lineups yeah. and um I won't do that anymore with my music and I I actually play bass for this um this R&B singer named oh. Aphrodite. She's amazing. She's from mm-hmm. Atlanta actually. And uh she's now at the phase where she's just like I want to play anywhere and just figure it out. Mm. But now she's at a point I feel where it's like, now nah, we gotta give you proper sound and a yeah. proper uh, musicians to play with, yeah. Because you're way better than that.
1: That that's a good place to be where you can start to be picky.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she's she's ready for it. She just doesn't know it. So, uh, yeah.
1: There's what about? So speaking of that, that's um. I don't think everybody deals with it. I think some people mm-hmm. are just like, I just want to perform, you know, and I don't care where. But others like have, you know, stage fright or anxiety or mm-hmm. self-confidence or uh, in the professional world, we call it imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, like I remember the first time I was in a board meeting, you know, as a member of the board of directors of yeah. a corporation. And I thought, what am I doing here? What Have you ever dealt with that or is that just not issue for you?
0: What, just like state, like just nerve being nervous? Uh, just
1: being like, you know, oh man, this, this venue is too cool for me or, or you know or or even like stage fright or anything or um, if it's not an issue, no big deal, but
0: no, 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 I'm just like it's more like I'm excited, I'm like, all right, let's let's do this, let's do it okay, that's let's cool. fucking do it <laughs> that's cool, that's cool that's- and uh, I'm always nervous, every show, I'm nervous, well yeah, but but I it's yeah, but I think that's a a beautiful thing, I like that, but um, I'm very excited to play new places, new nice. stages, and um. It's very, very like, uh, it's like, okay, Alan, it's like time to step
1: it up. Let's go. Mike Tyson was nervous. Yeah. Stepping into the ring. I mean, so, and he's an assassin, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he destroyed like, you know, dozens of people in a row. So, yeah. Yeah. There's always that nervous feeling. I remember a couple of times, and and you always get better doing a show, right? Like, I remember it kind of solidified because this is a crazy thing. I... Living in Japan, mm-hmm. practicing guitar, I couldn't, I didn't want to blow out my hearing, so I would play my electric guitar with no amplifier.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And if anybody who knows guitar, you, you can't hear an electric guitar very well, mm-hmm. unless it's got an amplifier, right? So my attack and my fingering got so strong. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to play a show, we played at the Pit Inn mm-hmm. in Rapungi. And people were commenting like, oh, your playing is so aggressive. Hmm. Like your attack, your solos were just like, everything was so spot on. Mm. It was kind of almost like intimidating. And I was like, well. And I didn't know why. I thought I was just adrenaline, right? Mm. But it was because I practiced with no amp. Yeah. And I had to play really hard and really attack mm-hmm. to hear it. So when I play with an amp, it was like extra crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And imagine. and then the adrenaline comes in. Yeah. But then there's... um. It, it usually took me two songs to, I, I would get into a groove, mm-hmm. you know? So the, the first song had to be like a, just a banger where you can just like jam mm-hmm. just a couple of power chords. Yeah. It. Yeah. And then you can get into rush oh, yeah, <laughs> or got, something I like it. that I see, I see. <laughs> where it's got 20 chords and three tempo changes. yeah. But, um, and I always found after a show, I always got better.
0: Of course, know? of course, of course. It's, uh, Well, yeah, it's a, it's it's your, it's your class.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like 20 days of practice or I don't know how many, you know, a month of practice versus one live show. I would improve with the live show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like it. I always tell people as my show is my practice Mm -hmm. more than anything. And, uh, you're going to, you're going to do it with me. The audience is going to do it with me.
1: Do you ever, so I've heard comedians describe a show that they do, you know, specifically Joe Rogan. I, you can mm. tell I listen to Joe, every podcast, yeah, yeah. every episode of Joe Rogan. I think I was just listening to it today, actually. Mm. With Ari Shafir was on there. Yeah. and uh, um, Who I met in person. He's a hilarious dude. <laughs> I met him before he blew up. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, like I got a, a picture with him. yeah, And I'm so glad I did because like it was, gosh, 10, 12 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, he talks about, uh, a, a show where you're taking these people on a journey. It's almost like group hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you're
0: yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I've, I definitely, doing yeah. 100%. 100%. I really feel like it.
1: Um, it's almost like the audience has to buy into what you're doing Well, and you win them over and then you can take them on this journey. Right
0: yeah and but also it's like yeah you have to win them over where and then you have to be yeah and then and then you become one with each other yes it's you know and the the biggest problem i've always had with uh shows in japan actually is just the crowd <laughs> and it's just they're so silent and it's like but when when it does hit when it really hits home they're fucking it's amazing yeah you know so um the show that I always think about is uh, post rock shows are really great here. Okay. But like uh, bands like uh, Explosions in the Sky, have you ever okay. heard of them? They're, I don't know. they're from Texas. Okay. They came here and the crowd was so involved. It uh-huh. really felt like they were one. The, the crowd was a member. And there uh-huh. are some really good post rock hardcore bands uh-huh. in Japan that are amazing. Really amazing.
1: The level of musicianship is incredible here.
0: Yeah. It's just, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really high. They're very technical. The only problem is a lot of them are very contrived at the same time, you know, and they're like, they're like, this is hardcore music or it's this funk. This is how you play funk. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, you're missing the point if you think that way. So Mm -hmm. it's like, when you do find that band where it's like it's mm-hmm. their own voice, their real own voice speaking out, yeah.
1: um, then you got some magic. Let me look up a band. There's a band I'm following on Instagram. And I want to say. Ah, Hi Fade. These guys are insanely good. Mm-hmm. high fade music I'll, I'll try to remember to put a link in the description yeah. these guys play funk yeah and they're um, I'm gonna get this all wrong I think they're Scottish <laughs> and they are insanely good mm-hmm. and uh, I I just started following them on Instagram because I, I saw something and I was like god that guy's a good guitar player that guy's freaking insane mm-hmm. and I it's one of those guitar players where you see him and you can't understand what he's doing <laughs> yeah you know
0: yeah, you know, um, one of my favorite guitar players of all time is uh, John Schofield.
1: Okay. Do you know John Schofield? I don't. No. As a guitar player, I should know guitar players. He's
0: right? <laughs> um, he's a jazz guitar player. Okay. Mainly. Mm-hmm. And he plays with this uh, acid jazz group called Medesky, Martin, and Wood. Okay. And um, together, they're the ultimate. But uh, John Schofield has the most unique... You think you think he's out of tune, and ah. you think he's lazy. Like his notes are the, uh-huh. he plays these like perfected lazy notes, <laughs> and I don't know how to do it. It's, it sounds like the notes are drunk.
1: John Schofield, okay.
0: And you you know if you want to start, you should start with a Uber Jam, Uber Jam, okay. or a, I forget the name Agogo something. I think it's something Agogo, but um, Uber Jam, okay. Um, hmm he he makes notes sound drunk and then together yeah yeah you got it you got it so you want to listen to like uber jam or a go-go and when you listen to i i don't know how he does it it's just like Uh so on time his technique is so flawless and it's so original Uh and you'll i you'll never hear a tone like him and you'll never hear playing like him like he's you can tell him from a mile away.
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I love those musicians like like a Jeff Beck. Yeah. Or uh somebody like that that you just hear one lick and oh, you know, you know that's Jeff Beck. Exactly. Yeah. You know that's Schofield, you know that's uh Van Halen, you know that's Tony McAlpine or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's um
0: you know, for me it would be like for bass that would be uh Les Claypool. I'm a very okay. big Les Claypool fan. So. Mm.
1: how about Pino Palladino?
0: He's amazing. I I just don't know enough Dude's about insane.
1: him. Insane. He, he was in the John Mayer trio. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I love that album. We'll try. Yeah. yeah. Uh oh, the man. it's Continuum. That's an the, the, that album. Yeah, yeah. Um I love it. Yeah, he, it was Brian Blade, I think on drums and mm. uh, Pino Palladino. Um that's how I learned about him, but like okay. again, it's um I'm a bass player that doesn't care to be like I, i'm not big into the technical mm. or that kind of bass player like I'm, i've always been into uh les claypool's very technical okay. <laughs> but but i love him for his creativity and his approach to um stepping out of a genre and creating okay. your own thing
1: so you you probably wouldn't be a a, a big uh billy sheehan fan no no Bing, no yeah.
0: you know what he would be the of opposite of what I look yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just um I, I understand why people like it. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh not what I would approach okay. base. like I would be more interested into uh kind of um who are good examples. I, again I mentioned uh, uh Michael Jackson of course. Yeah. And uh who else? Yeah, who are like
1: um you know the baselines in the 80s were so good. And the yeah. saxophone and stuff is just like so much good music. But
0: yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good question. I I don't even know. I I don't think I've really ever had like bass okay. heroes. I've just uh, had musician heroes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or bands. Um. So my my bass style, I I end up coming up with pretty cool mm-hmm. bass, even though I'm not mainly a bass player. Um. One song I wrote called uh, "To See You." Mm-hmm. It's got a really cool bass in there, and I always tell people listen to it with headphones,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they're like, "Oh, who, who's playing that? That's really cool." It's like that was me, mm-hmm. but I think I, I probably don't approach bass with the reverence it should be approached with. Mm-hmm. I approach it from the from a guitar player. Yeah, got it. You know, and and I think a, a like a died in the wool bass player would be like, you, "Dude, you're not doing it right." <laughs> but but it sounds cool. Yeah, you know, and um, actually, one of my songs has a bass solo. Mm-hmm because I had an acoustic guitar and I didn't have an electric guitar but I there was a part in there that was screaming for a solo so I I started like finger tapping on the bass <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like you know why not um because what music is supposed to break boundaries right so but yeah I probably don't approach it the right way but i I love playing bass I love the sound I yeah. love when it meshes with the, the guitar and when it hits a groove with the mm-hmm. drums it, you can't live without it i mean you got to have bass Totally, right? totally <laughs>
0: it's um you know what come to think of it the, the ba- all the bass players i really love huh. are actually all keyboardists oh in a lot of ways yeah so it's like uh oh. like a bernie Worrell or like uh neil evans is okay. um he's the keyboardist for um soul live okay of a funk a jazz group and he was the funkiest guy so a lot of it was really funk oriented and okay. reggae reggae oriented uh,
1: how about a getty lee
0: i love right. getty lee but yeah. it's it's just so But he's not your. not me okay yeah, yeah and it, but but that's okay that's kind of what les claypool taught me it's like i will never be less claypool yeah he's a nut <laughs> on the bass yeah but um he had this quote, you know to defy the laws of tradition is a crusade only of the brave and <laughs> you know he's he's really that so i i wanna I'm not looking to be anyone but myself mm, yeah right? yeah so um yeah, it's uh I found what my absolute niche is, but mm. you know um some of those keyboard bass players mm. man they they really lay it down thick so uh, I and I've always loved the tone of them. Yeah. So it's and I guess that's why reggae always made sense to me as well.
1: Oh yeah.
0: So if you a lot of my bass lines, even in these ambient trip hop tracks, are very they they have to be smooth like butter. Uh, it's yeah, there's not gonna be a lot of distorted basses yeah. or anything like that, but it's gotta be it's gotta always sound warm. Mm, you know, and that's because yeah. that's how my bass I want my bass to
1: sound like a
0: like
1: a 60s london feel you know (sighs) not not no distort not distorted Mm -hmm. not like um you know uh nothing distorted but um more like you would hear you know i can't even describe it but it like like you said smooth as butter Mm -hmm. it's got a bass like butter yeah that's that that's the best kind of bass, right? That's right. I mean, I do like some slap bass. I like Funk. I like um uh who's the, the bass player for level 42? Um I don't know. That that guy, I think his name is Mark. Absolutely insane. He's singing one melody, but he's playing a completely different mm-hmm. thing on the on the bass. Um, they have a song called Heaven in My Hands. Mm-hmm. And when you hear it, I'm sure they did it in the studio and he was playing the bass and then he sang. But He's such a good bass player. And he's playing this <Cornwall> yeah, yeah. and then he's singing over that. And I don't know how he, he he's like another creature. He's like Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh Primus is like that. Uh. Yeah, and uh I I don't know how they do it. I
1: have no idea. Yeah, yeah. And I I um as a guitar player when I when I play live, I I just watched an old video of mine I put on YouTube, embarrassing. Mm. And every guitar player has like one rhythm that they strum when they don't know what to do, you know, dun 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 dun, dun, dun. And I get into that sometimes, and it's just so embarrassing because <laughs> like I can't I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. I yeah. can't I cannot sing and play guitar at the same time. But I I think um, getting out of that is is a good thing to try to do. Yeah, no, totally, totally. <laughs> but that's that's why I record guitar and vocal separately because mm-hmm. then i can focus okay i'm playing guitar i'm playing guitar of course of but course but then you don't get that thing like you know when the beatles recorded their albums up until i think Sgt. peppers i think they're in the studio together
0: yeah yeah right that was one of my uh first albums with my old band is it was all of us in. we recorded it in two days oh man nine tracks and very raw mm. very very raw and it comes out comes you can hear it mm-hmm I
1: love that the, so a a band that can sound as good without all the backing tracks Mm -hmm. and without all the electronics behind them. I saw Green Day Live. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Just three guys making a lot of freaking noise. Mm -hmm. And um, I forget which tour it was, I think it was uh, Dookie where they played uh, Basket Case. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Three guys just jamming Mm -hmm. in like a garage punk band and it was so good Mm -hmm. and and to me uh, and they sounded if not just as good they sound better Mm -hmm. live because it's got that energy and and uh billy's up there just jumping around and you know um so a a band that can sound as good live as they do on the record is pretty hard to do unless it's something like that yeah and it's just like just jamming Mm -hmm. just rocking you know so Hard to do, but um so what's next? What's next? Yeah, you're releasing an album.
0: Yeah, it'll be uh this tour. Okay. Uh which will go till September. Okay. Uh and then uh gonna release an album probably hopefully October, November.
3: Okay.
1: Uh
0: after that, um pretty much good question. I don't know. That's gonna keep me quite busy and then I'll plan something for like a tour for the album or something like that. Okay. And that's that's pretty much it. Cool, and cool. Continue, rinse, and repeat. Yeah. The life <laughs> of, of a musician. Exactly. Yeah. And
1: uh, social media, what's the best place for somebody to follow you?
0: Just uh, if you type in Dembski, okay. Dembski Music. Okay. Uh, if you type in Dembski, you're okay. either going to find me, a graffiti artist, Okay. or my brother. My, bro- my oh. brother uh, has like his own line of clothing. So. Okay. He's doing good.
1: Follow both of these guys. There, yeah, <laughs> he's
0: he's a good man. So uh, again, any any one of those three, okay. I, I fully support. <laughs> D-
1: Demsky D E M S K Y S K Y yeah. Demsky. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And the, and I found you on SoundCloud. I think yes. you sent me the link. Yes, yes. Yes. So if I were to go to SoundCloud and type in Demsky, You'll I'd find, find you. It. Yeah. In fact, I think it's like SoundCloud Demsky. Yeah, he right. yeah.
0: <laughs> Soundcloud.com slash Okay, that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been a blast. Yeah, thank you very much and, for having um, me. anything else you want to shout out?
0: No, just uh go out there and have fun and uh progress and create. Love it. All right. Keep Thanks a minute. Simple.
1: Thank okay. you.